This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance, or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes recording now I'm just gonna give it a minute and then I'm gonna talk right okay Hi, so today we're speaking to Jessica Morgan from Carnsight Communications. Jessica helps people promote their products or services to get them noticed by the right people at the right time. She helps with anything from launches to raising profiles at any stage during a business's journey. So welcome Jessica, thank you for being here. Hello, nice to nice to be here, thank you. So I know I've given you a really brief introduction then, but could you also say hi and tell us a bit more about yourself and what you do, please? Sure. So I'm Jessica Morgan. I am the owner and founder of Carnsight Communications. We're just coming up to five years old, actually. Um, We are a PR and communications agency for small and creative businesses and people. And there are three of us in the team permanently. And then we also work with trusted freelancers when we're doing bigger projects. Amazing, thank you. So we're here to talk about PR today, Jess. So can we start by you explaining what PR is in the simplest, simplest terms? That seems like a good starting point. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so PR stands for public relations, which I know sounds really grand and very formal, but it doesn't have to be. Um, I guess we usually describe it as um, creating ways to get people's brilliant work and expertise out in the public domain. Um, or better known really by their target audience. So we help get people noticed um, depending on whether they want to be noticed by a certain um, a certain type of, of person or niche audience or much more broadly. Um, so really it's about getting some brilliant work or brilliant products out there in the public domain and hoping to um, help increase sales as well. Thank you. And so what are the benefits of, of PR? So why you know, why should, why should we care? Why should we even think about it? Sure. Okay. So um, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about PR and we often have a a kind of conversation about it at the start. Um, And we often work with people who've never done PR before as well. So we very much, we're very open about, um, about what PR can bring. I think it can pack a really big punch for a small business or a new product or business um, because it's not like marketing. I, I'm, I used to work in marketing and I'm a big fan of PR and marketing working together. But I guess with PR, you're, you're paying for someone's time and expertise. You're not really paying for ad placements or anything like that. And even the nationals journalists can really like small new products. I think um, you're not really discriminated against if you're small or you're new. If you're making something that's useful or looks amazing, then it can easily be picked up um, by the national press. Um, Equally locally as well. So um, if you're a maker in a local place, say Kent, which I know um, you're based in, 
um, the, the local Kent press would be interested in you just because you're a Kent maker or um, you've produced a product based in Kent. So I think it's a great way to, um, to kind of, as I say, pack quite a big punch for, for quite a small budget. Um, we also find it's a really good way to hone down the messaging as well of what you're trying to say. So often people come to us and talk about their products and they're ready to launch. And we say, you know, oh, we'll describe what your product is in a nutshell. And actually, sometimes it's quite difficult to do that. Um, but that's exactly what we need to do when we pitch in. Um, so we can really help with the messaging around something, uh, working out what your unique selling points are versus competitors and, and really helping to kind of hone your elevator pitch, I guess, which is just essential when we're selling into press, we really need to be able to capture someone's attention within the first kind of 10, 15 seconds. So we find that hopefully we can help with, with overall messaging of a product as well. And I guess that was help with your marketing then as well, wouldn't it? If you yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we're, we've just been helping to launch a new health product, actually, which is really interesting. And I think people often come to PR at the end of the journey and they think, right, everything's ready to go. That's brilliant. We've done our ads. Let's just get it out there. And actually, interestingly, we, we had to say to them, OK, so what can we say? What can we say in our press release? And there were lots of claims that they they weren't sure if they could say. So we went back, uh, we went back a couple of stages and um, we did what we call a messaging session, which is basically getting everything out there. So everything about your product um, and your audience and all about you, your journey, the founders, et cetera, and everything out there. Um, so all your competitors, um, publications, everything surrounding your product, basically, that's not, not your actual product and your journey. And then good things and bad things as well, because that's another thing you find with PR. Sometimes people are quite nervous about raising their profile and um, they're quite nervous about the attention um, and the certain things they do or don't want to do. So we get all that out on the table. And, um, and the feedback from that is obviously it's useful for us because we find um, hooks or, or angles that we can use for, for press. We can write press releases from it, but they also say it's useful for them as well because they can um, use it to shape their content, to shape their website content, social media. So um, I, think, I think PR is one of those um, uh, kind of disciplines where um, messaging and messages around the product is just absolutely key. So for example, with marketing, you might want to hook, hook on a marketing line, which is amazing for that particular campaign. But with PR, I guess you need a message that, that really represents everything you stand for. So it's not just about campaigns, it's about the essence of the product or the service. So yeah, we definitely get feedback that actually it's a kind of key part of communication as a whole. Thank you. And so what are some of the benefits um, of investing some time or money or well, both probably into your PR? Um, so I think messaging, like I was saying, is, is one of them because we really interrogate the messaging and work out exactly what it stands for. Um, I think um, uh, certainly, like I said, it can, um, it can really help with um, a new product because uh, being, a, being a kind of product launch or a service launch is a really strong angle in itself. So we always say to people, you can only launch once. So you really want to, to do it well and do it properly. And that's, uh, you know, something that the, the press will want to talk about. Um, I think um, 
in terms of being a, f a bit more affordable, you're actually, uh, like I mentioned before, you're paying for someone's time and not really paying for a big ad placement um, or, or anything like that. You're really paying for an expert's time. So it, um, it can be quite a kind of contained way um, to invest the money up front. Um, so I'd say those are the key benefits. Thank you. And so talking about, it's obviously you're paying for time. Do you need a really big budget to do well in PR? I, mean, I wouldn't say so, um, <laughs> but um, you know, equally, I guess there is a there is definitely an element of getting what you what you pay for, as well. Um, having said that, um, we have worked with some really um, small budgets, and we've really been able to have a big impact with them because we can be really targeted. I guess we're experts in working with small businesses, so we totally understand there isn't a. A limitless budget it's very it's very much a choice of um of really being careful what you spend your money on and what you invest in and what you do yourself um i'd say uh pr is something that you would really benefit from getting some expert help on but you don't necessarily have to have someone to do it all for you so for example um we worked with the doo dudes monique corrigan who i think you've spoken to yes um, yes yeah, another podcast yeah <laughs> Yeah, with her lovely, um, lovely products. And she had a grant to enable her to do some PR. So it was very focused, very ring fenced. We only had a certain amount of money. So we were really, really targeted. And we just went after um, Christmas um, gift lists for her. And um, we, we were very clear about how many samples we had to send out and exactly who we were contacting. And we had some real success there um, because we had a really, really targeted approach. So we were, we were um, really clear about going into places like The Guardian, um, uh, no, sorry, The Independent or The Guardian, um, Baby Magazine, uh, City Kids. Uh, it, it actually didn't take loads of our time. I think she paid for a couple, a couple of days of our time, but we were able to get these really um, big placements. I think if you've got a slightly bigger budget, you're probably able to look a bit more broadly and uh, be a bit more proactive but it's definitely something you can do on, on quite a contained budget as well. Thank you. And so let's, um, so talking about what you did as, with Monique as an example, just so people are really clear on what you can do for them. So is your role to like look for the opportunities and then kind of contact the publications and make it happen as it were? Is that, is that your role in the process? Yeah, exactly. So often people come to us and we say, what do you want from PR? I guess that's the, the first place to start. I think people often kind of come and say, we need to do some PR. So we kind of go back to basics and say, okay, so why do you want to do it? What, what are you trying to do? Is it about sales? Is it because you've suddenly seen all your competitors doing PR and you don't want to miss out? Is it about promoting uh, a new offering? So we really get back to basics and work out exactly what they want. Um, then we talk about target audience. So who do you want to get your product or offering in front of? Um, and sometimes they, they're very clear and they know, or sometimes it's a bit more broad and we try and hone it down and, and try and say, well, is it a, a geographical area? Is it just women over a certain age? So just, just really kind of um, be very, very clear about that. And then sometimes they'll have target publications and they'll say, I've always wanted to be in this publication. Is that possible? And we'll discuss it. Um, and sometimes they'll want to be guided by us. So we would create a media list and say, OK, we think these publications would be interested. We think these journalists, um, we think there's a really nice opportunity for you to be in this column. So it's quite kind of discursive all the way through. 
Um, and then, um, generally speaking, we, we agree the approach um, and we agree what the message is. So sometimes it's about um, a press release to get news out there. And sometimes it's more about opinions and interviews. So trying to get someone's name out there and to be interviewed about a topic of choice, for example. So we generally agree the approach and then um, we contact the journalists, the publications, we find the right people, we set them up with the right people, we um, obviously have to do a lot of follow-ups nowadays as well. Definitely the media landscape's changed this year and journalists are working from home. So it's a case of, of getting them at the right time um, and then go on to secure um, the publications for them. And then once we get the media coverage, we share it with them. We share it online, which is a really important part of it. So socials on websites um, and we put it all together as well in a coverage book and it pulls in all the metrics. So if it's online coverage, it will it will estimate, for example, how many people have read the coverage, what the domain authority is, which is how authoritative the site is and all those kind of things. So we kind of close the loop like that. So that's generally the way a PR campaign would work with us. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. And so it's all tracked as well. So you can exactly, you can yeah. exactly see the results. So how much sort of time and effort should you put into PR? I mean, should you be, is PR something you need to be thinking about constantly or at key times of year or key times in your business? Um, yeah, like it's, you know how it is when you have a small business. There's so much you could and should be doing. So how yeah. much should we be thinking about PR? So um, it's a really good question. Um, I would say the best advice is to speak to, if you're thinking about it, but you're not quite sure, the best advice is just to speak to someone about it. So speak to a PR professional. So for example, you know, I will always have a call with people. I will always take a call. We can always have half an hour to discuss a campaign coming up for free and just work out when might be the best time or a brand, for example. So even if you've been going with your brand for a while, you've never done PR, um, actually, if you think it might be something um, to invest in, it's definitely worth having a chat and just saying, okay, this is me, this is where I am on the journey. Um, this is what I've got coming up. Um, when would be a good time? Um, and then we can have a chat about it because there are things like awareness days, for example, you know, if your product is anything to do with mental health, there's a whole mental health awareness week. So it could be that actually that's a really good time to get something out there that you've never talked about before um, in the public domain. It could be that it's the perfect Christmas present or I had an opportunity to come through today for a New Year's um, present, a kind of, um, you know, start afresh this year. And so I, I was speaking to a life coach about a product that she had that I thought could be right there. So I guess if you speak to a good PR, it's their job to be aware of all this and the media landscape and um, awareness days and um, all the different times for selling in different products. And they could probably help you come up with a few ideas about the best time to promote. Um, and equally, they might say, you know, now is not the right time. Uh, you know, let's chat in six months time. So I think I think having a kind of, uh, you know, a very kind of initial free conversation with a PR professional is a really, really good idea because they'll give you an overview, give you a few ideas and um, and hopefully make everything a bit clearer. Thank you. So I guess it sounds like it's not something you need to be working on constantly necessarily. I mean, I guess you'd run out of things to say anyway, wouldn't you? If yeah, you were... I mean, it's, it's really hard. We do have clients that we work with all the time and the job is to keep their name in the press and keep... Um, keep what's coming out of there their news etc reported um so you know that's definitely for a for a kind of larger business or for a business that constantly wants to be out there talking it's a really good opportunity and again it's down to us to come up with the angles to come up with the suggestions um 
but I'd say if it was a, a smaller business, a smaller product, it is hard to um, kind of maintain that. I understand. I think it's probably much better to do it at certain points during the year. Um, you know, there is there is definitely an argument for maintaining momentum. So we work with um, a flexible working platform, for example, which is one of our smaller clients. Um, and we helped launch them last year and we do work with them every month and get commentary out there and help them. Um, we've just helped them to win startup of the year, actually, which is very exciting. Um, so it's a minimal budget, but it's about keeping the presence up. But we would only do a couple of pieces of coverage a month for them. Whereas, um, you know, you might want to make a kind of bigger impact at two or three times a year. So I guess either approach could be right for you. Thank you. And so if you've got a new product coming out or your first product coming out, how far in advance of that would you be thinking about PR? Because you mentioned that if you wait until it's all ready to go, that might possibly be slightly too late. How, what, what stage do you think people should start thinking about it? So I think, yeah, I think sooner rather than later. Um, otherwise, it might end up delaying the launch um, because you, like I mentioned before, you only get one chance to launch and you should be doing it all right. You should be doing it all aligned. For example, you shouldn't launch online or on your website and then come and speak to a PR agency or PR consultant and say, I want to launch now because actually, you know, if we then sell it into a journalist, a journalist goes to your site and says, oh, actually, you launched two months ago. Why is this new news? You know, that that doesn't really work well. So everything needs to be aligned. So I, I'd say about the time that you're pretty sure about your product and what you're talking, you know, and, and you've got a vague idea of when you, you want to launch, maybe a couple of months before it might be a good idea to just put some feelers out and ask about it. Um, you know, even a month before is a great time to bring someone in. Um, because as I say, PR sometimes does bring up questions that the other channels don't bring up on social media. You've got ownership. Um, you can really be saying what you want to and communicating what you want to similar with marketing, whereas PR, you're kind of inviting a potential conversation with a journalist. Um, you, you might be asking for questions about your brand, your service, your offering. So it's a good idea to, um, to be on the front foot and to establish all that messaging in advance of actually launching. That makes sense. Thank you. So I know, um, and I know this because I feel this myself, and I can't be the only one, that um, people can be a bit afraid of PR. Um, see, I know why I'm a bit scared of it. I'm just a bit scared of the, I guess, the attention, which sounds a bit silly because I know that attention is possibly a good thing. Um, so maybe, do you mind talking a little bit about that and then perhaps any other fears that, you know, you've come across and how, you know, what people can think about to start to slowly overcome them, please? Yeah, of course, of course. I totally understand. I mean, to be honest, even doing this podcast today, I, I, I reminded myself that actually I'm being interviewed now and I need to be, you know, ready and on the front foot. I think it's it, partly about a kind of control um, aspect and it, it's really hard once you're, you're kind of worried about being thrust into the spotlight, um, questions are coming into you. It's not something you can control like social media, for example, like I mentioned. Um, I think people are often worried about the um, negative side of PR and being asked difficult questions, being put on the spot, being caught out. I think sometimes the, the perception that all journalists are really there to, to catch people out. And I often say to people, you know, they're really not trying to. They're trying to get the best from you. They're trying to um, find out key information and hopefully help you and help your journey. And that's usually what, what it's all about. Um, that's one of the key reasons why in our messaging sessions, we talk about um, getting all your fears out on the table. So what are you scared about? You know, is there anything in your past that you think, oh, you know, I used to work with that person. They might pop up at some stage and talk about it or 
Um, you know, I'm really worried that if they start interrogating this side of, of my brand or my product, there might be an issue. Um, so really the first step is, is to get those fears out and to discuss them. And, you know, no fear is a silly fear. It's, it's definitely worth talking about everything. I'm, I'm a big fan of preparing and preparing for difficult questions, preparing for the worst. And if I ever did set anyone up for um, a media interview or even a podcast or um, a webinar, anything like that, we always have a chat beforehand. We always have a kind of prep, a prep chat before where I take them through some of the common questions they might be asked. Um, I, I suggest approaches really on certain questions. I talk about media techniques as well, because there's a whole element of media training where if you get a difficult question, you can kind of bridge it and, and try and say something that you want to say. So I think being prepared is a really um, key part of not being so scared about it. Um, but equally, we have got a client, for example, who doesn't want to be interviewed. So um, he works for a really interesting business and it's, it's very kind of pertinent at the moment in the pandemic. And there's been a lot of interest about interviewing him and how his company have coped. But he said to me on a number of occasions, I don't want to be interviewed. I don't want to be in the spotlight. So that's absolutely fine. So I just am very aware about the kind of opportunities where the journalist might come back and, and ask to interview him. Um, and we don't go for those. We go for news. Um, we go for written opinion and written commentary or um written interviews but I don't ever put him in a position where he might be interviewed and that's absolutely fine as well thank you yeah that is that is that is reassuring <laughs> um so are there is there any other sort of <laughs> hear from other clients is there anything else do, do people ever say to you oh I'd love to do PR but is there anything else that comes up or is that the, the main one yeah, def I mean, definitely. We often have these conversations. I think I think I, I often end up having a kind of conversation with people about, you know, whether or not PR is right, which sounds so silly, doesn't it? Coming from someone who does PR. Um, but, you know, I think it is it's definitely a choice. And it's, you know, I think there's always benefits to it. But sometimes it's beneficial to do things at a certain time or in a certain way. Um, so, personal stories um i think stories and storytelling are a really important part of pr and um often you know this is another thing we we say to clients all the time often they're not so interested in your product you know that is interesting and that's the thing you might be the most proud of but actually the journey to get to your product could be the most interesting so for example the um health product um that we're promoting at the moment uh, the man who founded it was eight years on a journey um, founding uh, or sorry discovering and, and working out how to do the product and it started off with um, a fertility journey with him and his wife um, when they experienced problems and um, they they he basically invented this um, this particular piece of equipment to help with fertility and actually his story is probably more interesting than than just talking about the product or the business. And actually, journalists are very interested in his story. So, I think sometimes people can be very nervous about what to talk about in terms of their story and how personal they go, which I totally understand. Um, and I think um, background. Sometimes people have got what they consider a failed business behind them, or they've had to leave a company under a cloud or something like that. And I think sometimes people are worried about that. But there's often a a kind of positive spin really 
um, there's often a, a reason why they left that business or the reason why it didn't work out first time. And that's probably made them into the person they are. So again, we talk about those kind of things as well and, and how to talk about them in, in a more positive light and, and get the learnings from them. Um, and I guess also PR is just something that, that feels a bit um, kind of ab fab and um, a bit champagne lunches and out there and a certain type of person does PR, not me, you know, I'm, I'm kind of ordinary. Why would I do PR? And I think it's got a really bad image, to be honest. It's got a really bad reputation. And that's why we always say, look, it's really not about going out there and whining and dining um, or spending lots of money with a you know a certain person or, or anything like that really it's, it's very much about you and your story and your product and just working out the best ways and the best audiences so um, I think that we often do talk through a lot of the kind of concerns at the start of working with someone and uh, and hopefully you know help alleviate some of those concerns as well. Thank you and I really liked what you said your first point about the storytelling aspect because I think that I guess what I'm hearing is you need to be fairly flexible because the thing that you feel is, you know, the, the, maybe the interesting part or the important part actually might not be the hook, if that's the right word, that journalists go for. So I think that was a really interesting point as well. Yeah, yeah. maybe not to be yeah, too that rigid is, that, on what you think the message is. It's so true. And I, I think that's why I would encourage someone to talk to someone who does PR because yeah, often people come and say, I think this is a really interesting part of what we do and let's go on about this. And I say, well, that is interesting to a certain sector of the press, but actually the fact that you, you know, produce this on your, started a business during maternity leave and, um, you know, and, and you've done so well since, or this was your side hustle or whatever, that's actually as interesting or potentially more interesting um, than the product itself. So, um, and then another thing we, we talk about as well is, um, not being, I guess, being more open to opportunities. So often we have to go with what the journalists and the press want to write about rather than what you want to say and, and meet in the middle. So everyone wants to talk about them and their product and their story, et cetera, et cetera, um, which is interesting. But sometimes a journalist might want to um, pick up on an aspect of it. So it could be about, I don't know, someone someone starting a side hustle and turning it into a business. And the only mention they'd have of your business might be a mention or a link. So it's not all about what you're doing, but actually they'd like to talk to you and it could be for a national publication about that aspect. So there's often that kind of meeting of meeting in the, in the middle of what a client wants to talk about and what a journalist wants to hear. Um, so I would say with those kind of things, it's, it's really important to kind of embrace those opportunities. So if you're happy to be out there talking about your product, then be open to actually talking about a different aspect of your product or your story or your journey or your life. Um, you know, it could be the fact that you're in business with your partner, for example, or, you know, or your family, that could be the focus of a piece and you could be part of that. Um, but it's still a, a means of you getting your story and your product out there as well. So, um, absolutely. There are lots of different aspects that are interesting for publications and journalists that you might not think yourself could be interesting. So I just I just encourage people to be really open about that. Thank you. <clears throat> Sorry. So it's all is all PR good PR then, would you say? It's a good question. Um, so I I mean, not necessarily. 
um, because, uh, you know, as I've just written a, a piece, actually, a blog post about crisis communication, I was asked to comment on a, a local publication on crisis communication. And, and this year, one of my points was that actually even the kind of smallest of businesses has been thrust into the limelight with the crisis, with the pandemic. Um, lots of questions have been asked of businesses, you know, flexible working practice, um, things that they probably thought they'd never be asked about have been up there. So actually, if you're in the press for something bad, then no, I wouldn't yeah. say that's that's necessarily uh, something, you know, a, a good piece of PR. However, it could be the opportunity for you to relook at your practices and relook at the way you're doing something and come out and give the positive angle off the back of it. So it could could be a springboard. Um, but I think I think that kind of touches generally on crisis communications and I think that's that's one of the reasons we we talk to people about potential bad things um, that could come up and work out what should be said about it if there's something you're particularly concerned about something that's not great we talk about on a bad day um, you know what what kind of parts of the business or the offering are you not 100% about um, and is there anything we could say about that or are you working to change that? Um, so I think, you know, you can never be in f full control over um, your presence in the media. People will always pick up about different angles, um, but you can definitely be prepared. And, and mostly I'd say with the small businesses we work with, it is positive. You know, people aren't there to catch them out. Um, there aren't terrible things lurking around the corner, but it's definitely worth being prepared um, if there is anything um, that you're a little bit concerned about, you know, writing a few lines about it or just understanding that area is a really good idea. That's really easy. Thank you. You know, I didn't even think about the fact that you could get PR without even trying. I didn't even, <laughs> didn't even occur yeah. to me. Okay, so let's, um, if it's okay, Jess, talk a little bit about what you need to get right before you before you start doing any PR. Because um, I saw you had a blog post on this, which I'm going to link to in the show notes for anyone who wants to go over and have a read. Um, but, but what would you say are the things that you need to have in place before you start thinking about it? Absolutely. Okay, this is a really key one, actually, and we, we do talk about this a lot. So thank you for featuring our blog post on this. Um, so website. Um, so uh, often people come to us and say, oh, the website's almost done. It's probably good enough to launch with. And then I'll have a look at it and there'll be kind of typos, missing pages, missing links, those kind of things. I guess, um, you know, you need to think about your website as your first salesperson, really. And from our perspective, if we're promoting you as a business, and the publication features your, your website, the journalists will have a look and, and go and see. And actually, if we're saying one thing and how smart and professional you are and your website is saying another thing, um, you know, that's, that's not going to look fantastic. And it might even prevent them from putting the link there. So I'd say um, even if it's a base of a website and you're going to build on it, just make sure what's there is representative of what you're doing, what you're saying, and you're happy with it. Um, images. This is another thing we talk about and um, it's difficult, but um, often I say, you know, have you got some nice images of your team and uh, your products and you as a person? Uh, and people will say, oh, no, I don't really like images. I'm not going to do any or, yeah, I do have some images, but I'm not really happy with them, you know. And I say, again, it's an investment and I do understand we have to do our own headshots and, you know, you have to pay to have them done professionally, but it's an investment that's really, really worth it. Um, you, if you're in a publication, you want to be turning the page and seeing yourself and not cringing 
Um, you want to be happy to see that and to share that coverage. So I'd say it's worth investing in getting some really nice headshots done that you're really happy with. You can have lots of headshots done and only choose the, the one best one. And that could be the one we use you know, for ongoing. So definitely have a think about um, really nice images and headshots of yourself. Um, contact details is a really key thing to kind of work out um, and who's gonna be speaking and available. It might just be you or it might be a couple of you in the business that are happy to be contacted. But then in which case, make sure you make uh, the PR person aware of, of when you're around, when you're not around, when you can be disturbed, when you can't be. Um, we had it the other week where we got one of our clients onto the BBC, but it all happened so quickly. It was um, an interview that was being filmed the next day and I was trying to get hold of him and he wasn't around and I didn't realize it was, um, he was in school with his daughter. Um, so it's things like that, that actually sometimes we do need a really quick response on something, even if it's a WhatsApp. So I'd say all the contact details, mobiles and, and details of when you are and aren't around and can be contacted. Um, social media and uh, marketing activity, uh, all ready to go um, and, you know, work out your kind of key channels. I know you probably talk to other people about social media, but, you know, it's difficult to run across, you know, five or six channels. It might just be two or three key ones but just make sure they look okay, they've got the correct links in, they've got the correct images in and that you're ready to respond. So if someone does reach out to you, um, you know, potentially journalists could reach out to you, we flag you to someone and they might um, send you a quick message, just be ready, ready to respond, ready to come back and, and make sure your channels look really nice. Um, and then I guess the messaging, as we've talked about, just what you can and you can't say and what you're comfortable saying or not saying and, you know, we obviously do it with people and do a big session with people. But even if it's just a discussion around that, that's really, really useful. It could be that there's a word that you don't want to be associated with. Um, just make that really, really clear. And, and then that can be avoided in any kind of PR that, that goes on. Thank you. That's really useful. OK, so let's say we've done all of that. We have everything in place and we're ready to start with our PR. Okay. Um, what are a few practical things we can do to get started? What would be the, the very first steps, perhaps? OK, um, so, I mean, obviously, I, you know, I'm a PR professional, so I'd say it's good to talk to a PR professional. But if you want to do it yourself, you know, absolutely, I understand. And people have done that really, really successfully. So I'd say the key elements are your elevator pitch. So what you are in kind of 10 seconds, a uh, couple of lines, a couple of phrases, exactly summing up what the product is or the offering is and just being really clear and really happy with that. Um, I'd say make sure you get together the story behind the product and the brand. So how did it all start? Um, you know, what's your background? How did you first think about the idea? Um, and what were the steps you took? How long did it take you to get there, etc.? So all those kind of things. If you can write it down in a, in a few paragraphs or a page, I think that's always really interesting. I think sometimes people um, are keen to make their brand seem a bit bigger than it is and, and it can be quite anonymous on things, but actually that's the opposite of what we need for PR. We need the detail of the story and, and everything you're comfortable to share. Um, I think have a really good think about your target audience and where you think it's realistic to, um, to try and sell and to try and be in, in their kind of mindset in the zone, right down to the kind of age, sex, if they're married, not married, you know, just some generalisms about the kind of people you want to sell to. And if it's in a geographical area, 
and then I guess the extension of that is just to keep an eye out for press um, in that kind of sector. Is there anywhere where you see your competitors' products appearing? Or are there any local publications, really nice local glossy publications that do a kind of roundup of products that you'd absolutely love to be in? So start making a list of those kind of publications. And then I'd say start to be social as well. So start to follow them online. So Twitter is a really good place for um, journalists and media. Um, Instagram, if it's visual as well. So those are two really good places to start and, and start to see the kind of thing that's being said and, and that's being put out there as well. Um, and yeah, and I think the, the local thing is something to really, really talk about because um, I think that people often want to kind of um, pass over local press. So um, I don't think it always has the reputation it deserves, but actually it's a great place to start. Being local is an angle in itself. So if you're based in Kent and you, you know, you're a Kent based maker, actually the Kent press could be really interested. In fact, I just sold in a product um, to Inside Kent yesterday for a, a gift guide roundup. And they were so chuffed to feature it because the maker was based in Kent. And so, you know, that's an extra angle to kind of get yourself out of there. So I'd say definitely consider local press, local um, consumer press, and also local business press, because that's another nice place to get your story out there into, into the right audience. So have a little look around and see what kind of um, publications and media there are out there. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Wow. You shared such a lot. Um, <laughs> that's, I think that's a really, that's really good. And I think that really gives people something to go away and, you know, if they decide they're going to do it on their own or even if they want a bit of help, I think that gives people a lot of things to go away and think about to get started. That's fantastic. Thank you. So I've got one final question before we finish up, if that's okay. Yeah. Which is what is your number one piece of PR advice? What is your top tip that you'd like everyone to know and take away with them? Ah, oh, that, that is hard. <laughs> As you see, I quite like talking, so I, I probably have lots of them. Um, I guess, um, what would I say? Um, I guess it would be around the uniqueness of what you're offering. So it is really hard to, um, to pin down, you know, we're the only person who does that, we're the only product who does this, or I'm the only person that does that but there might be something, there might be a reason that you started your product or business in the first place. And it's really good to distill that essence. So what do you offer that other people don't offer? What does your product give that other people don't give? Because um, that is gonna be the key to everything that you do. Um, so it, it could be something about your background or your story. You know, I'm the only person who does X, Y, and Z. Uh, I couldn't find anything else like this on the market. So I created it myself. What is the, the one thing that you think would, would sell your product or your service above all others? It's not easy, um, but it's definitely worth honing that down and, and really working that out. Cause I think that could be the key to, um, to really amplifying yourself in press, in social media, on your website. So just make, make sure you try and know that nugget of, of what makes you unique. That's amazing. Thank you so much. And I am going to put all of the links um, over in the show notes. People can find you easily. But where's the best place for people to go? Where should, where should we start? 
So uh, carnsight.com is our website. So that's C-A-R-N-S-I-G-H-T.com. Um, it's the name of our, uh, my house in, in Cornwall. So that's why it's Carnsight, um, people often ask. Um, I'm, I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, et cetera. But I guess, I guess the website has got all that kind of information. And as you mentioned, um, we do blog every week. So hopefully there's a few kind of extra bits and tips in our blog um, and some free content that people could have a look at and digest. That's amazing. Thank you. And I really liked your blog. If I haven't said that already, oh, I think great. Good. And yeah, I will make sure I link to the article we mentioned in the show notes. And actually, by the time this comes out in a couple of months, if there's anything else that I think might be relevant, I'll put a direct link in as well. So people can find that really easily. Well, thank you so much for being here. I've loved talking to you. And thank you for everything you've shared. Thank you. Thank you. It's been really nice to do this. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Right. Ooh. Okay, I'm trying to stop recording without, I always lose my thing, right? Here we go. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.